Good morning, afternoon, or evening from wherever you're watching around the world. Welcome back to the Fan on Free Roam podcast. I hope you're all having an amazing week. I definitely have with the World Cup finally starting. Although I must admit, some of my predictions probably look pretty stupid right now. But we're still going to go through all the Game Week 1 games and trying to give you my new thoughts, I guess. Highlighting key performers and just, yeah, talking all things football. I should mention, I'm not going to go too deep into every team because, well, I just, it's been one game week. I don't know how much we can read into some of the teams. There are some teams that go on rants, I guess. I'll try to go on a rant for, I don't know how long I'd be talking about them. But um, there are some teams that I'll praise, some players I'll praise, and so on and so forth. But, yeah, let's just start straight up with Group A. First game of the tournament, Ecuador-Qatar. I'll start with Ecuador. They're one of the teams I don't have much about. Because, well, they did well. They're a team that don't concede much. They have a goal scorer, as we saw. But how how good did they have to be to beat Qatar? You know, Qatar were just awful. And I, I for those of you that don't know, I lived in Qatar for 15 years. So I was kind of excited for this. I was hoping they would, like, impress. You know, not be the first nation to lose in who knows how many years or maybe ever on the opening day. But Qatar were just so bad. And... The reason I'm annoyed is because, you know, the build-up to this, I think they played in the Copa America and another tournament, maybe it was the CONCACAF, I'm not sure, recent, in re- recent years, and they did okay, I thought. And um, they also went on a six-month training camp, and it was like they went to Spain where the uh, conditions were better, and it's like you didn't see any of that because there was no... Like, you couldn't see any style of play, you couldn't see any pressing, you couldn't see anything. Like, there was no, there was nothing that showed you, like, oh, this team has been working on this for six months. And if they knew going into the tournament that their player quality was not going to be as good as other teams, then they could have just worked on the basics, like going long to the striker, playing into the channels. I don't know, like... It just, I didn't see any of that in the first half. I will admit, um, I did clock out after the 60th minute. Like, I was like, I'm not watching this anymore. But uh, I heard they were better second half, but I don't know how much to believe in that because Ecuador probably just put the their foot off the gas. And yeah, like, ugh, Qatar were just so bad. So disappointing. So, so disappointing. But it is football and... I wouldn't give up yet, but they have a mountain to climb with Senegal and Netherlands coming up. But yeah, that's going to be the next game we're going to talk about. Senegal, probably the better team in the game against Netherlands, but they just couldn't find the cutting edge up front. And you have to say they did miss Mane, which is not a surprise, but they played well, I thought. You know, they, they just... I think the difference between them and Netherlands, even though Netherlands don't have the best attack in the tournament, they have players that can make a difference. Depay coming off the bench and probably going to start from now on, I'm not sure. And Gakpo, the goal scorer, like just a minute before he scored, I was telling my dad, like, oh, United were linked with him, so he might be a decent player. I haven't seen too much of him, of course, besides of compilations on Twitter. But, you know, I think those two and Frankie will be key for the Dutch throughout this tournament. Uh, not much to say about on the Dutch. I think they'll top the group. We've already gone through that. But I was surprised with Senegal doing as well as they did uh, without Mane. Um, I mean, what did I say about Mendy, man? Like, this guy is... Since that mistake against Benzema, I think it was, against uh, Real Madrid, I think that was the first 
time we saw Mendy going through a downfall period, and he's just been horrible ever since. Like, losing your place to Kepa at some point, too, right? Like, not much, just a great thing, not many great things to say about Mendy. But Senegal, you know, I think they could easily get second, but that cutting edge up front. Like, at least in Ecuador, you know they have someone... Okay, maybe not the most prolific, as I said, but it's Ener Valencia. He might find a goal from somewhere. I'm not sure Senegal have that, but I might be forgetting someone. I'm not sure. Moving on to Group B, and I think we'll start with England. And I was worried for them this tournament, but all the players that weren't informed that were going to start, they did pretty well. And, well, technically all the players did well. I don't see anyone losing their place unless Southgate wants to go to a more defensive approach, which he technically does like to do, but... Can we please take a moment and appreciate and talk about Harry Maguire? Everyone hates him so much. They hate him so much. And he didn't have to do much this game, but he was breaking lines. He was getting involved in the goals. A real ball player at the back. If he's found some form, England will go far. Like, he's one of my favorite players, honestly. Because I love players that get a lot of hate, but I do think there's talent in them, obviously. And this guy was good for United. He was good for Leicester, too. But that season before the Euros, he was incredible. And then he goes into the Euros. He has the he gets a team of the tournament team of the tournament performance. And okay, after that, it's not been great. But still, like there's a player in there. It's just he might have to leave his club, Man United, to find that player again. But I was just happy to see him like back on form. But yeah. While we're on the topic of praising English players, I would like to mention it was nice to see Rashford and Saka score. These are just two genuinely nice guys. And, you know, Saka's this young guy that's helping his boyhood club get top of the league and scoring two goals at the World Cup after everything they both went through at the Euros, man. Rashford, too, the last 18 months, he was crazy bad. And this season, he's picked it up, you know, he's finding form and, you know, scoring... I don't think this is his World Cup debut, but, you know, scoring at his first international tournament, which is still a big feat. So it was just nice to see, you know, two genuinely nice guys. And honestly, you could talk about anyone from that England game because they were all so good. Bellingham is another one that should probably get a mention. But Saka, man, he's just probably top three right wingers in the world on current form, right? I mean, I, I think he's at least in the argument, right? Anyways, Iran, another team I don't know how much we can talk about. This wasn't their real test. I mean, of course, they didn't impress too much, but I talked about their striker before, and they scored. They scored two, I think, so obviously conceding six isn't great, but, you know, they have a threat up top. You just never know. I wouldn't rule them out yet, but I, I, I don't see them going through anymore, but... We'll see. It's just one game. You never know. It's against England too. So, yeah, not much to add there. USA and Wales. This was a good game. USA were clear in the first half. But Wales were kind of silly not to start Kiefer Moore. I, I might be butchering his name. I think it is Kiefer Moore, yeah. But, uh, like, you know, I, I heard that their whole tactic is, like, revolved around this guy. At least in the last few, what, months? I don't know. Or as long as they've been playing him. And... It made just no sense not starting him and playing Bale and James up top. And just, I, I don't think they did much in that first half. But once he came on, Wales looked a lot better. 
we also almost got the goal of the tournament from Gareth Bale from the halfway line. Like it was towards the end of the game, we all thought, "Oh, he's gonna score," and then he gets fouled. Of course, it was a smart foul, but it robbed us of a great, of an iconic moment. So that was pretty upsetting. On the U.S., um, they were very aggressive in their approach. Clear to see that football has pretty much evolved there. So I look forward to them in the future tournaments. Um, I did. I do think they could still qualify on this tournament too, but um, uh, they'll probably not do too well overall. Like they won't go far into the tournament, I imagine. But in twenty twenty six, you know, when a lot of their pl- players are like in their prime or a bit older, you know, I I think they could impress. Plus, they would be one of the hosts in twenty twenty six. So, you know, it's something to keep an eye out. Uh, I saw a tweet about someone claiming that that with the potential talent pool that the U.S. have, if they just use their resources uh, more wisely, I guess. They could be a, like, giant in football. And although I don't fully disagree, I don't think they could be, like, a top five, maybe top ten nation. Just because, despite having these source, like resources, they don't have the footballing culture, I'd say. Because they already spend, like, more money than other teams. But they don't bring out the talent as often as these other teams so i don't know like you look at spain like spain will constantly produce talent after talent they'll have like 10 midfielders better than anyone on the planet but that's because of their culture it's ingrained in their like society like everyone grows up wanting to be a football player of course that's improving in the u.s but it takes time we can move on to the next group um I guess we'll start with Saudi Arabia, and this is what I was expecting from Qatar, actually. You know, a manager with Qatar that was probably in the La Masia system, I think. But this manager, I forgot his name again. But he he won the AFCON with Zambia. He did very well again with another team, I think. He might have won it also, like, with a different team, I'm not sure. And, he's you know, he's had a good international career. And... You could see it. You could see there was an approach with Saudi Arabia. That's what I liked. It might have. It was very risky. It was very risky going like a, a high Liverpool line, but you know it paid off in the end. And I like that. I like it when you know you take risks. You know, of course, sometimes you might just get smashed, but you know, I think it was the right approach in the end because they won. And there was a huge difference in physicality between this team and the one that lost on the opening day of the World Cup, and I think it was twenty eighteen. Like, a huge difference. And, I don't know, their lack of quality made it difficult to retain possession, uh, possession, which could have got them exposed even more. But, you know, I think Argentina caught offside nine times, ten times. So, like, it was an incredible, incredible display of a high line. But, you know, against all the odds, they found a way to win. And that keeper, man, what a performance. He was unreal too. And this has to be one of the biggest upsets in World Cup history. Argentina, I don't know, like, they'll probably still qualify. I think people are getting carried away when they say, oh, Messi's going out in the groups. Because, like, in addition to whatever happened in this game, like, Mexico and Poland didn't impress too much. Like, they're still easily beatable. But I was thinking throughout that first half, why didn't Julian Alvarez start? Like, instead of Papu Gomez, I believe his name is. Because, I I mean, I might be wrong, but I think... All three players behind Lautaro are all creative. And they've got no runners. And they're playing against this high line. So, like, wouldn't you want someone, like, an outlet in Julian Alvarez? I don't know. That was the only thing that confused me. But 
Argentina, man, they'll be fine, I think. Like, it would be funny if they crumbled because everyone's been talking about, oh, Messi's going to win the World Cup. Oh, this is the day, this is the tournament. He shuts all the Ronaldo fans up. And, of course, there's a nice element to, you know, the best player of all time winning the World Cup. But, man, everyone's so annoying. Like, all I've heard is Messi this, Messi World Cup, Messi, Messi. Like, shut up, man. And it was it was sort of satisfying to see them lose, but you know I I I don't have any problems with them obviously going all the way too. Mexico and Poland. I didn't really catch this game, but I did look into it. Mexico, I heard, were clearly the better team, but Lewandowski did have a chance with the penalty. But oh my God, we need to talk about Achoa. We can't have a World Cup without this guy. The next one's in Mexico, and he'll be like 40, 41. He could probably he could probably feature again, and. I don't know. He just comes around every four years and impresses. Like, I don't know which club he plays for. I don't know which country he's, like, in. But every time there's a World Cup, this guy is there and he's performing. Poland seemed passive at first, at least, uh, from what I heard. And I don't know. They didn't impress either. But, well, Mexico were probably more, like, enjoyable to watch. But... I think both of the teams could go out in the groups now. Like, I w- that Saudi Arabia performance was pretty impressive. So, you know, it's a decent group to watch out, I guess. But not the most quality display, I guess, in that game. Um, next group, uh, we'll just go into Denmark and Tunisia first. Um, I heard Tunisia... Well, I did catch bits of this game, so I could see some of the things I've heard where Tunisia's intensity at the start was a great watch. Both sides could have scored, and the scoreline probably didn't do the game justice. But yeah, Denmark going into this game were favorites, so they'll be disappointed. But Tunisia also could have won this game, so it just leaves things open, which is nice to see. You know, you don't want two teams to just run away with it at the start. So yeah, Australia, I don't really know how much I can go into them either since they did play France, who are the current champions. But they were leading at one point, which I guess is a positive. Um, I think their game against Tunisia will tell us more because, well, France. Wow. Like, let's just, yeah, let's just talk about France. There is so much I can say about France. Like, Griezmann was probably man of the match. Theo's introduction was a stroke of luck for them. And Rabiot was involved in a few goals because, you know, he got a lot of hate before the tournament started too. Giroud has now matched Henri's record and everyone's talking about those two wingers. I'd say, honestly, England, Brazil and France probably have the top three wing pairings. That potential France-England game will be such a good watch. And I wouldn't be surprised if the winner faces Brazil in the final. I will say, though, they were playing 4-3-3, both France and England, and... It was it was just nice to see, you know. It was they were having good spacing between the lines, and it was just attacking football. And I don't know, you just didn't expect that, especially off current form of both teams. But yeah, let's go back to talking about France. And although Dembele is great when he's on it, I want to talk about Mbappe, man. How good is this guy? I mentioned last episode that this is the tournament we will crown him as the best in the world. I don't know, man. I'm lost for words. He's just so, so good. And that dribble he does where he just runs at the defender, stops, and then starts again. Crazy. Like, honestly, France will go far because of this guy. The only thing in their way is England. England looked good, too. And, of course, it's one game. It's one game. Don't read too much into it. But 
having the best player in the world on your team, surely that's going to be some positive, right? I should probably clarify that when I say England are in France's way, I mean in the potential quarterfinal, I think it is, if everything goes right. Obviously, I'm not saying that those are the only two teams that will... Like, I'm not saying that those are the two teams that everyone will have to worry about. There's Spain, Brazil, there's plenty of teams doing well. Just in case, you know, that gets misinterpreted. But yeah, moving on to the next group, Morocco versus Croatia. This was on at 5 a.m. I did not watch it. It ended nil-nil. I am so glad I did not watch it because I heard it wasn't a great game. But I heard also that Morocco were or disappointed because um, they should have like done better. They maybe gave Croatia too much respect in that sense. And Croatia, you know, they probably have the, they still have the same core from like 2018, I think. So. Like, it's not as easy for them. I did not expect them to do too well this tournament, but I did uh, have them top the group, which they still could. I think this group is definitely open. It's definitely the hardest group to call, especially what happened with the other game. So, yeah, I don't have too much input on Morocco and Croatia yet because I simply didn't watch it. But obviously, like, a nil-nil draw isn't going to change their chances too much, I think at least. But yeah, um, Canada and Belgium. Canada, again, like the US, they did very well. And it showed again, like in that part of the world, the football culture is evolving, like tactics are evolving, you know? And as I mentioned, they did well. They showed that they deserve to be on the world stage. And, you know, that's probably what they were worried about coming into this tournament. I know they didn't score in their only appearance in the World Cup, but, and I know they still haven't scored, but. They showed that they belonged, you know? And my only worry, my only question is, why is Davies taking that pen? Because Davies hasn't taken a pen his whole life, I think. And David, who scores goals, like, pretty often in League One, I think he's taken 12 penalties and scored 9. Which is, you know, like, like he can put the ball in the back of the net, is what I'm trying to say. Like, why didn't he step up? I was very disappointed, more so in David for not putting his name into the hat rather than Davies, because Davies obviously is the biggest uh, name on the team sheet, so he obviously felt like he should take it. But I think David should have gone up to him and been like, I'm the striker, I've taken pens, this is going to be my moment, you know? I like it when strikers do that. I feel like a striker needs to be a bit more arrogant, or not arrogant, but I don't know, like a bit selfish, but in a good way, you know? But yeah, um, Belgium did better after they changed their midfield structure. They moved from a f like three in midfield. Well, it was still a three in midfield, but instead of having De Bruyne beside Tielemans, they moved Tielemans deeper and moved De Bruyne further forward. And I think that made them perform better, but still not the most convincing performance. We've seen teams grow into the tournament, though, so I don't want to count Belgium out like everyone else has. Again, it's been one game. I don't know why everyone's like, oh, yeah, Spain's already won the tournament. Well, okay, it makes sense. Spain looked really good. But it's been one game. Like, Spain could lose to Germany, and then everyone's opinion would change. Like... Not completely, but like you'd you'd be go everyone would be mentioning, oh yeah, they're fullbacks, Aspilicueta and Alba. You can run at them. Like there's still a lot to play for. Of course, that's three games in the group, so it's not as easy as like a, an actual club football stage. But 
I don't know. I think I think this group is definitely still open. And I think Belgium, of course, with the players they have, like De Bruyne. De Bruyne's the top five player in the world. Okay, his performance didn't show that. But, like, I'm just trying to say, France also, last tournament, they grew into the tournament. You know, they didn't do amazing in the group stage. They were, like, grinding out 1-0s, I think. I think... Pogba was really crucial in that. But then they get to the round of 16 and Mbappe starts going crazy, you know. Giroud didn't score a goal that tournament and they still won. Like, you know, it's I'm just saying it's possible. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay, they didn't even have Lukaku this game. Like, Bachua, yeah, he gets the goal. But, like, come on, man. Lukaku's better, right? But, yeah. Um, Hazard also, I wanted to mention. He looked not... Like, to his new standards, he looked pretty good. I don't want to say he's back to his best or anything, because he's obviously not. But it's something to work on, you know? Something to build off, uh, build off of. So, yeah. The next game, um, well, next group, Germany. We'll start with them. They lost this game mainly because they took Gundogan off. I mean, again, I don't totally get why they did that. The substitutions weren't great. Like... If that substitution doesn't happen, Germany don't lose control. Awful substitutions, just like they're completed, their attack completely changed. Like I don't know, it it cost them the game, and that it's just crazy because they could be out already if you consider how well Spain played. But again, crazier things have happened. But I don't know, like it's crazy because that one substitution could have just taken them out of the tournament. Like, from game week one. Because chances are they'll probably lose to Spain. And then, if Japan win against Costa Rica, like... Yeah, it's it's time to go, right? So, but, but let's see. This uh, Again, Germany have really good players. They have a decent coach. Like, anything can happen. Again, Spain's defenders, like the fullbacks, aren't the best. They can definitely be got at. So, it's definitely going to be a good game to watch. I have a family member going to that game. I'm so jealous because I'm like, those are probably the two best coaches at the tournament. So you can almost guarantee a good game because also they're both on the front foot. They both want to score goals. So yeah, it would be entertaining. But yeah, Japan though. Wow. What a result. Mitoma. I, I, I'm i not sure if I'm saying that right, but Mitoma with a huge impact too. I, I, I know people on Twitter talk about this guy, but I knew nothing about him. And like, it was so, so good to see this. Like... This, the Saudi win, like this underdog stories on match day one already. Like, what a World Cup this is turning into, you know? Costa Rica, I don't have much. Zero expected goals. Like, you can't expect me to give much praise. Like, they're out. I'm sorry. They're, they're, they're not doing much. Like, if they go through, that would be one of the craziest achievements after this first uh, game week performance. Spain... Probably the most dominant performance so far. And although the likes of Gavi were brilliant, I do want to talk about Busquets, man. He's not doing amazing when it comes to club form, I think. But, my God, is he good with Enrique in Spain, man. His brain is just like a million steps ahead of everyone else. Honestly, Spain will control games better than anyone else. I think so, at least. Uh, but, Again, their fullbacks can be got at, so I I don't know what to make of them when they play the likes of France or Brazil. Like, Vinny and Rafinha running at Aspie and Jordi Alba, like, that could be that could be suicide. But, I mean, they don't have much other options. So, I don't know. It's just going to be a good game to watch, you know. It's like, they need the ball to 
punish those guys. So can they get the ball? And if they get the ball, then Spain are in trouble, right? But yeah, Spain will top this group, as I said before. Like, I I, I think uh, they could have a really really good tournament. I I kind of underestimated them in the knockouts, maybe, but uh, they definitely they definitely could top the group. Next group, um, Switzerland, Cameroon. Swiss are nicely balanced, and I'm of course looking forward to how Xhaka does this tournament. But as I mentioned on the previous episode, their overall quality might cost them. Cameroon have a decent attack, but I'm not sure. Like, despite that, I'm not sure on their setup, and I still think Serbia and Brazil are, like, ahead of them. So, yeah, I don't think there's much more else I can offer there. Serbia, I thought they set up well, um, but Brazil was always going to be their hardest game, so I backed them to go through the group, as I mentioned, but we still need to see more against the Swiss. That's going to be... a I think that's the next game. I think that's going to be a good game to watch because, like, it's open in the air, right? Whoever can go through. But And I think Serbia are always matched up with Switzerland in the groups. So it's not a game we're not used to seeing, maybe. But yeah, Brazil, though. Brazil have a crazy amount of supply of game changers. Neymar didn't do too great this game, but the likes of Vinny did. Richardson starting, as he should, by the way, and getting two goals was just great to see. And I mentioned, like, Richardson should be starting. It's because we don't really need Jesus in this Brazil team at the start anyway, or not as a central striker, because you have all these creators behind them, Vinny, Rafinha, Neymar, especially Neymar right behind him, right? And the way Jesus plays is, like, he will drop deep, he will link up the play, and so on and so forth. Like, he's going to get into the zones that the others are in, especially Neymar, right? Because he's right behind him. And... Of course, I think Jesus can do the role Richardson is doing, but I just don't know. It's like Kane. Like, can you trust them to just stay up there and stick? Like, eventually they just go and they want to look for the ball, right? And it's just the type of players they are. It's what makes them amazing for their clubs. But I don't know. I think Richardson should be starting. He does better for Brazil too. I think his goal record for Brazil is nice too, so... Yeah, just seeing him get the two goals. I I actually like I actually like Richarlison, and yeah, like it was just nice to see. Plus, uh, the second goal, wow! Like everyone went crazy. I, I it was a Brazil goal. It was like a nice, nicely scripted goal. Like all the script writers were like, "Oh, Brazil bicycle kick! Yeah, we we need that." So it was nice to see Casemiro too. Very very good. This guy, man. Like I've been watching him more because he joined the Premier League this season, and every week he just impresses me more and more. And at the World Cup, like he showcased that he's not just a pure DM. He can play with the ball. And yeah, once again, we're seeing that. Next group. Um, I think this is our last group. Yeah, South Korea. I'll start with them. They showed like basic qualities or traits I guess that I was hoping Qatar would but they didn't impress me too much like I don't think we'll see them finishing in the top two but honestly this group quality wise I don't know how good it is of course Portugal have a lot of quality but they lack in other areas which I'll get into but any anyone really could go through but I, I don't see too many surprises with the top two being Uruguay and Portugal if I go into Ghana, uh, oh my god, man, Ghana. Why was my man celebrating when they were losing, man? That's actually so funny. I'm I'm all for it, though, but the slip at the end, too, like, could have had a crazy ending. But overall, I don't have much hope for Ghana, either. They 
I don't know. They they set up again. This is one of the teams that I I didn't really understand the setup too much, but maybe I'm just a casual. But yeah, uh, Uruguay lacked quality in a lot of areas, but I still back them to top the group. Actually, um, I know they did, they got a draw only, but Portugal can be got at, and I think they could beat them. I don't like Uruguay as much as I was expecting to, so far anyway. But I just think. This Portugal team, right? Okay, it's the last team we have. We'll just get into them. They won, but they have clear flaws. And as we knew before the tournament started, they have flaws. But it's just like, you know, the, the attackers they played with the midfielders. Everyone's like a ball to feet besides... Well, Ronaldo's technically ball to feet, but he doesn't do much with the ball to feet, right? But um, actually, Ronaldo, can you can classify him as uh, like the opposite. But... Like, start Leao. Why is Leao not starting? You need someone direct in there. Like, Felix is going to get the ball and want, like, every, everyone's just so similar, you know? And it's like, Leao comes on and, like, he looks good. And I don't care who you have to take out. You could take out literally anyone. Leao would be a one-man attack on this team. Like, he is, he's good, you know? I don't know how good he is yet, but he's good enough to start in this Portugal team. And... I don't know, he's the most direct, high-quality player that they have. So if they do anything this tournament, they need to be playing him. And, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of... I knew I wouldn't know what to make of Portugal because I knew they'd win this game. And uh, I knew that you'd still see flaws. So, yeah, we... Honestly, Portugal are going to be the most complicated team for me. But uh, this might this might be unfair but I could see them if they go through and they play like a Brazil they could get smashed but I don't know maybe their quality players can get them through these games too but that's that's what I have for game week one I guess or match day one I don't know what to call it I'm just going off fantasy Premier League but um yeah I hope you enjoyed um I hope it was worth the watch and uh I know that game week two starts tomorrow so I could already look like an idiot but uh yeah, it's a uh, it's I think that went I think that went well. So yeah, take care everyone and I'll see you next time.